Welcome to the 79th episode of the Headkick KO Podcast. Today, we are here to discuss UFC 278, which is headlined by Kamaru Usman, the UFC welterweight champion and the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world, according to the UFC rankings, and Leon Edwards. Now, um, this is going to be pretty simple. We're just going to run through every fight on the card. I'm going to give you my thoughts, opinions, um, predictions, and things like that. And um, and once we're done with that, we're going to get out of here. That's all we have for today. Now, um, we're going to start right off at the main event, which is, like I said, Kamara Usman and Leon Edwards. And this will obviously be the longest section that we have here. Um, this will be a little more in-depth than the other fights. And um, to make this simple... I'm going to break this down into four parts. Um, those four parts are what each fighter should do and what each fighter will do um, in the fight, in my opinion. And we have two two fighters, so that breaks us into four parts. Um, but before we break into those four parts, just let me say, when I'm looking at this fight and evaluating this fight and what I think and um, want to see from each fighter i'm not really looking at that first fight right this is a rematch um but the first fight happened six years ago and obviously we see fighters change and we see fighters make adjustments but this fight was six years ago so i'm not going to hold on to that fight and grasp that fight and use that fight to justify any opinion i have or thought i have on this fight coming up on saturday i don't think that is um, particularly smart. A reasoning for that, um, look at other fights, similar scenarios. Kamaro, or excuse me, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Um, second and third fight, Dustin Poirier won both. Conor got the first one. Um, I think this is a similar scenario, um, to Poirier and McGregor. Um, differences in style and, um, this being for a belt and things like that. But ultimately, Fights change over a, a long period of time. Same thing with Dustin Poirier versus Max Holloway. Um, Dustin Poirier won the first fight by submission. He still wins the second fight, but very different fight. Five-round brawl. Um, so fights change. Fights change. Even the fact that this is five rounds rather than three will change this fight. So um, I'm not even going to talk about that while I'm discussing this. And now that we're going to start discussing this, um, we're going to start with Kamara Usman. And we're going to look at what he should do in this fight um, first. So what I what I really would like to see from Kamaru Usman is I'd like to see him get back to that wrestling. Kamaru Usman is such a great wrestler. He um, He's kind of moved away from it a little bit, but that has come at the... Um, come along the side of him growing his striking and it has worked out well but when you look at his last couple matchups Colby Covington great example of someone who is also a great grappler but Kamara was a better striker Jorge Masvidal is someone who is a little bit past his prime and while he's a great striker um he kind of had some success against Usman up until Usman landed that big right hand um, so that one's a little bit different, but, um, even in that Gilbert Burns fight, Gilbert Burns had his moments on the feet. Um, 
And I think Leon Edwards is a better striker than all of those guys that I just mentioned. So um, I think this fight, he should be very cautious of Leon Edwards. And not overly cautious, I think respectful. Maybe a better way to look at that. He should be respectful of Leon Edwards' striking. And I think he should go out and look to wrestle early. Um, If he can establish wrestling early, I think that that is a great, great way to pull ahead early in this fight. I think when Kamara Usman, and eventually we'll talk about this later more too, but I think he's going to turn to the wrestling eventually. At one point or another, he's going to wrestle. And I think that is when this fight goes from competitive to Usman slowly pulling away. And um, if he elects not to wrestle, I think he really needs to fight behind that jab he has. He has such a good jab. Um, And that jab does two things. It damages his opponents and it opens up other attacks. He can use that jab to um, do damage, do damage, do damage. When the opponent starts adjusting, now you start switching up. He's doing damage with the jab, boom. Now he's going to the body. Um, He's going jab body or faint jab body. You know, things like that. Maybe we see him turn that jab into a hook and try and catch somebody slipping that jab. Maybe he goes jab, right hook. Um, there are some things he can do to fight off that jab, and I think it opens up a lot from him for him on an offensive perspective. And looking at some previous fights, this is great example against Jorge Masvidal where he, he was landing that jab, and then he lands the jab, and that two comes right behind it. And he's able to connect on that big-time right hand, and he puts or he puts Masvidal out. So those are the two big things that I want to see from Kamara Usman. And there's less to talk about there, because when you're Kamara Usman, um, we kind of know exactly how good Usman is, right? Um, we're going to move over to Leon Edwards and what I want to see from Leon Edwards. Um, For Leon, you know, there's a lot of things here that I'm about to talk about because it's not going to be easy to beat Kamaru Usman. But I think there are things that you can do to go out there and put yourself in a better position to beat Usman. So those are the things we're going to discuss and we're kind of going to discuss how Leon can take advantage of those things. Now, first and foremost, Leon has to be able to stop takedowns and get his back off the fence. If this gets to a point where Usman can consistently land takedowns and he can control Edwards up against the fence, it's going to be a long night for Leon. Um, I don't think there's anyone's going to argue that, anybody. Um, now, with that being said, I don't, I'm don't. i not sitting here saying that's easy. That's a very hard thing to do. Um, and if he does get taken down, I'd like to see him look to get back up right away. I don't think he should play off his back or, you know, sit there and go, okay, I've got three minutes left. I've got two minutes left, however long left. I'm going to sit here and wait for the next round to start. I think that's a good way to lose a decision or eventually you find yourself in a position where Kamaru has been slowly working towards a choke, whether it be an arm triangle or you're slowly working towards the mount and now you're getting ground and pounded. I don't think that is a very smart thing to do against Kamaru. I think instead you should look to stand up and Get away right away. Um, Now, from the striking perspective, um, there's a lot of things that Leon can do here. Um, First off, like I said earlier, um, Kamaru has a great jab, and he he utilizes that jab very well. 
Um, but Leonch look to slip that jab and look to counter. At least slip to stay out of damage, but make sure you're countering as well. Um, now, that, like I said earlier, can lead to problems if Usman, you know, starts coming with hooks behind it or starts digging to the body really well if you're slipping a lot. Because um, that does create, you know, one guy still on the jab, the one guy slips. You know, it, it kind of... It kind of creates, you know, with every action comes a risk. So slipping that jab does create a risk of getting hit with a hook while you're slipping or, or something along those lines. Now, um, I think it's worth the risk. I just said whisk. That's never good. Um, but I think it's worth the risk because if you can not absorb that damage that's caused by that jab, you're going to be in a much better position. Now, um, off the back of that, if Kamayo starts slipping, or if Kamayo starts countering, you, you're now in a tougher spot, and that gets tougher. But make Kamayo prove that he will punish you for slipping. Make him prove that, okay? Make him earn that. Don't just give that to him. Make him earn that. Um, I think that would be a very good thing for Leon Edwards. Now... Um, kind of off the back of that to not get damaged as much by that jab. Another great thing would be control the center of the octagon. One thing that Kamara does very well is he will make his opponent fight between the black line and the back of the cage. What can't you do if your back's up against the back of the cage? You can't go backwards, right? So that create that forces opponents to go left or right when they're looking to avoid that jab or any punch for that matter. Um, or they got a block, but blocking in MMA is severely overrated if you're not, if depending on what you're doing. If you're just standing here like this, you're just going to get hit. You probably didn't hear that, but uh, or see that if you're listening. But if you're standing there with your hands over your face um, and you're not in a good defensive position, you can get shots come around that guard if you're, if you're standing with a hide guard. Um, regardless, that's a story for another day. But if Leon can control the center and push Usman to the to the um, cage, I, I think that would really help him here because he can now go backwards. He can now give space when Usman throws that jab. Obviously, he's conceding space in the octagon, um, but still, even if you're off in the center, um, you can do a little bit more. You have some more defensive options. So I think I don't. I'm. I guess I'm not as bullish that he has to absolutely force Usman up against the back of the cage. But I think that at a minimum, he, he should really work to keep this fight in the center um, and, and keep his back off the fence. Also, that makes it a lot harder for Kamara to really initiate some clinch sequences. Because if your back's up against the cage, if this is the cage and I've got my and I'm standing here, all I've got to do is go back a foot and I'm touching the wall. Um, if you're in the center, you got to go back, I don't know, 10 feet, uh, 5 feet. However, I don't know what the actual distance of, of, a, of a UFC octagon is. 15 feet, 20 feet, I don't know. Um, but the distance you have to go from the center to the cage, from the black line to the cage, very, very big differences there. So I think that that is an, another thing that he can do. And um, last thing here is I'd like to see Leon kick. Um, he, he is a very good kicker. Okay, he kicks the head well. Um, he has teeps. He has leg kicks. And all, all three of those things are, are probably the big three that I'd like to see. Throw in, um, you know, just your standard rear kick to the body as well. But if you can start implementing those things, I think you can 
really put Kamaro in a compromised position. He doesn't have good knees. That's been documented for a long period of time. Now, um, if you can land leg kicks and you can start to immobilize him, that will kind of take some pop off his shots if he isn't able to plant as well on his, on his back foot or his lead foot. You can make him fight a little bit more out of the opposite stance. That's always beneficial. Um, while Kamaru does, you know, fight well switching stances, um, I'm not sure that he has ever consistently um, really sat in the opposite stance for a long period of time. Um, another thing that that will do is it will also help him control the center of the octagon um, if Kamaru is a little bit more immobile than he usually is. Because usually Kamaru is very light on his feet, good movement, good footwork. Um, if you can start to chip away at those things, you can start to control a little bit more. Now, um, teeps. As far as the teeps go, that's a very good weapon because Kamaru's stance is not super, you know, he's pretty... It's pretty facing you. It's pretty, um, I don't know what the right word for that is, but his stance really, I don't want to say opens up or welcomes teeps, but it's a, it presents an opportunity for them to be landed. Um, he doesn't come out in a super big karate stance. He's kind of square. Square is the word I'm looking for um, at times. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. Um, but um, I think teeps would be a good way to counter that where you can start kind of digging on that gas tank a little bit, start doing a little bit more damage, and kind of keeping that distance a little bit too. Because if you're consistently landing that teep, it stops Kamaro from walking you down and throwing that jab. From there, if you can really get him and body kicks, similar thing, but those are a little bit more damaging, um, try and land those body kicks. Now, from there, if you're landing those kicks to the body and Kamaru's consistently putting the hands down, blocking that teep, blocking that teep, blocking that teep, um, or, or, or really bringing that elbow down to protect the ribs from a kick to the body, bringing one up, he, Leon throws a very quick head kick. So I think possibly if he can start bringing those hands down to protect the body, a kick over the top may be a good opportunity to really turn the tides in his favor. So those are the things that I would like to see Kamaru do, or Leon do, excuse me. Now we're going to switch over to what will Kamaru and what will Leon do. Um, obviously, I can't tell you this for 100%. I'm not a magician, but this is what I anticipate. So this is more of the prediction part of this. That was more me constructing a game plan for how I would approach this um, if I were either of these fighters. Now I'm looking more at... Um, what I anticipate to see on Saturday night. On Saturday night, I think Usman will look to strike early. I don't think he goes to that grappling right away. I think he looks to strike, and I think Leon will take advantage of that. I think Leon will have some good rounds in there because Usman is striking and striking at a you know high percentage. Um, in com when I say high percentage, I mean he's striking a lot, a lot more than he's grappling. And I think eventually... Usman will adapt to that, and I think he will begin to wrestle. And I think once we get to that point in time where Usman starts attempting double legs and Usman starts controlling Edwards up against the cage and he starts making a more focal effort to really take Leon down or do damage on the ground or do damage in the clinch, Usman or Leon does have good elbows, but regardless, um, I, I think... Those are the things that we will see 
on Saturday. I guess for Leon, I I don't necessarily think I think he will make he will make Usman work a lot in some grappling exchanges. But I think Usman has really good cardio, so I think he'll be able to push through that. Um, if Usman doesn't get a takedown on the first try, on the second try, or on the third try, I think once we get to that fourth, fifth, and sixth try, I think that the gra- the grappling cardio, grappling cardio and striking cardio is a little bit different for a lot of people. Um, your muscles get very tired if you if you don't grapple a lot. You may not, your lungs might not feel it, but your arms will become noodles if you're not used to grappling. Um, and I think in some of those scenarios, I think those are the scenarios where we see Usman pull ahead. Um, so, um, in total, when I'm looking at this fight, I think Leon will find success. I think he will surprise people. I think this will be a close fight. I think Leon grabs a couple rounds. But ultimately, I think that Usman walks out of here with a decision victory because he's either doing one of two things. He's either having a lot of success on the ground or he's dealing out a lot of damage with that jab or both. I think those two things are two things that are very hard to overcome, especially against Kamara Usman. So I think that Usman will walk out of here with a decision victory at UFC 278. Like I said, I think it's close, but I do have to lean as much as I like Leon and I, I like the way he matches up in some in some niche scenarios. I don't think it's enough to get the job done here. Moving forward, um, Paul Costa versus Luke Rockhold. This this fight and the next fight, actually all three of the fights to top this card are very, very interesting to me. Um, the way these guys match up really intrigues me. And I... Um, in this fight, I, I really thought that Paul Costa would... When I first looked at it, I thought Paulo Costa was just going to go out there and just absolutely brutalize Drew Rockhold. Um, but I watched some fights, and I'm not as convinced now, right? This is why this you know preview is done on Thursday or Friday and not done on Sunday because this film is very important, and I can be a little bit more in-depth with this. Um, but Luke Rockhold has some things that can come in handy in a fight with Paulo Costa. The kicks are very good, right? He throws a very good left kick, left high kick, whether it's going to the head um, with the high kick or whether it's going to the body with the body kick. That left kick, it's very good. Um, Whether he turns it into a question mark, he can do a lot of things. And I shouldn't just boil it down to the left kick. The left kick is the bread and butter in the A side, but he does kick well with his uh, right leg too. And when you look at Paulo Costa, Paulo Costa did, you know, struggle against Israel Adesanya, someone who kicks a lot. And I, I don't necessarily believe that Rockhold will be able to execute that game plan as well as someone like Israel Adesanya did. So... Um, but but I do think that is a spot where we may get surprised. As far as grappling goes, Luke Rockhold will have a grappling advantage in this fight. I'm just not sure how much he's going to use it. Um, I'm not sure how effective he's going to be grappling. I, I you know He does have some really good submissions. Luke Rockhold is a very well-balanced fighter. But ultimately, the chin has left. 
left. And I think once the chin is gone, the chin is gone and it's not coming back. So whether it happens in the first round, the second round, or the third round, I think eventually Paulo Costa will land a shot that puts Luke Rockhold out. Um, kind of going more in depth than that, I think that Paulo Costa, you know, if he learned any lesson from the Israel Adesanya fight, I think he looks to crowd Luke Rockhold here and get into the pocket, right? That's the difference between Israel Adesanya. I guess it's not even learning from the Izzy fight. Um, but the difference between Adesanya and Rockhold is Israel Adesanya can do some really good things in the pocket. Especially at that period of time where we saw Costa fight Adesanya. He was, I think, coming off that, or no, he was coming off the win against Romero. But prior to that, we saw him really have a lot of success against Whitaker in the pocket. I think in this one, Paulo Costa looks to get in the pocket and utilize his power punching. And in that scenario, even if Luke Rockhold has made leaps and bounds in his striking defense, Paulo Costa does a really good job of attacking the body, right? So, and he mixes well. He mixes to the head and to the body. So I think even if Luke Rockhold shores up his striking defense and makes him harder to hit, I think that the body work of Costa will be able to, at a minimum, open up an opportunity to the to connect to the chin of Luke Rockhold. And I will say that happens in the first round. Um, but um, I, I do, th- once again, give Luke Rockhold a little bit more of a chance than, than the average person. Like I said, these three fights on the main card all really intrigue me. And the next one that we have is Jose, Jose, Aldo, and Marab Davalashvili. This fight is interesting for one main reason. Well, not one main reason. I shouldn't boil it down to one main reason. But from a stylistic fighting standpoint, purely looking at fighting, and not any other outside narrative, purely looking at fighting, Jose Aldo, one of the Best fighters of all time, in my opinion, at defending takedowns. Um, did it against Chad Mendes. Did it against Frankie Edgar. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous takedown defense. Marab Davalashvili, elite, elite, elite wrestler. Marab Davalashvili also fights at a very high pace. Um, Jose Aldo has shown some weaknesses in that department, but this is a three-round fight, so that is not as big of a concern as it would be in a five-round fight. So, um, for those two reasons, that this fight really gets my gets me going. Um, it, it's really interesting, and I have a hard time predicting who wins. Um, I lean Jose Aldo because, ultimately, I think he defends the takedowns, and I think he is a far better striker where even if he gets taken down a couple of times, I think he works to get back up. And I think he's able to land shots on the feet, whether it be leg kicks, whether it be shots to the body, although another fighter that's absolutely tremendous at working to the body. Um, that The boxing the boxing work um, and being able to land combinations, I think are all things that are going to come in handy here. Um, if Marab wins this fight, it's because he's able to take Aldo down or it's because he fights at such a high pace, it wears on Aldo. Um, but I do think Aldo will win this fight. And I do think, once again, this will be a razor-close fight. I'll take Aldo by... Uh, I can see I can see a knockout and I can see a decision. 
Um, but I will go knockout in round two. I think he starts to land, and I think he's go that power is going to help him a lot. Um, I think he's able to land, and I think he lands hard enough to get one out. Or his size will help a lot in defending the takedowns, and then I think he's able to land a couple power shots and get a knockdown. I'll go all though by round two, knockout. Now, before we move on, let's make sure to touch on this um, because I think this is an important part of this fight. If Aldo wins, you know, Aldo is really coming on the pinnacle of his career in, in, in the conclusion of his career. Um, pinnacle, definitely not the right word. The conclusion of his career. Um, he said he would like to beat Marab, get a title shot, fight in Brazil, win the title, retire. Um so I am not sure if we see Aldo retire after this fight if he loses. But one thing I am confident in is I think he earned the title shot with a win. When you're looking at the landscape of that division, the other fighter that I could really see making a run is Sean O'Malley. If Sean O'Malley be beats Piotr Jan, he deserves a title shot just because of how good Piotr Jan is. With that being said... O'Malley has already said that he would let Aldo skip him in line. Great. That's figured out. Um, and then if Jan wins, I think that Aldo should still get the title shot based off the things he's done in this sport. I think he should be given that um, respect. And for Jan, I don't think losing the title and beating O'Malley would be enough to earn a title shot. I think he would have to get another win over a top five guy. So that is the position I stand on that. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth uh, during our recap, and we'll have more answers. We'll know who won, um, and we'll have more answers. But those are my thoughts right now. So keep an eye on this one. It's either a number one titles bout, could be, could be all those last bouts, so... There are a lot. There is a lot on the line in this fight. Now, um, for some reason, the UFC put Lucy Podovia versus Yanan Wu on the main card. Um, originally, it was supposed to be Mar Marcin Tybora and Alexander Romanov, and they elected to flop these fights. I believe they're flopped, um, but. Tabura and Romanov is now the prelim headliner, and this fight sits on your main card. I don't know um, what the thought process was there. But looking at this fight, um, Yan Wu, Yanan Wu, excuse me, is one and four in her last five. Lucy Pudovia has already fought in the UFC once, was released. She did good on the regional scene, and now she's back. So this is two female bantamweights that are not really UFC caliber. Um, well, they could be UFC caliber. I shouldn't say that. They're borderline not. They're they're certainly at the bottom of the bantamweight rankings. If you were to look at the UFC matchmakers board and they had everybody ranked one to however many fighters in that division, these two would be near the bottom. Um, sounds mean. But unfortunately, that is the reality of this fight, in my opinion. Now, um, from a stylistic standpoint, Lucy P 
Podovia. I'm sorry, I don't really know how to pronounce her last name. That's my bad. But she, she, um, good one two, um, good jab, Muay Thai clinch, lands knees. Um, those are kind of the staples of her game from what I saw. Um, now for Yanan, oh, she also fights at a relatively high pace, so that can help her win decisions. Yanan Wu, she is, you know, much more of someone who likes to put together some longer combinations, you know, one, two, body kick, one, you know, hook body, you know, leg kick. She varies combinations and she attacks at different levels with her combinations. With that in mind, I will pick Yanan Wu in this fight. I know she's one and four in her last five. But from a stylistical standpoint, I think she can do some things, and I think she can land some combinations that will help her win this fight. Um, I don't really have much else to say on that. Um, if Yanan Wu loses, she probably gets cut, so I guess we'll add that. Tyson Pedro versus Harry Hunsucker. Um, Harry Hunsucker is coming down from heavyweight to light heavyweight to take on Tyson Pedro. Very tough test in your first light heavyweight bout um, in this fight. Um, both of these guys can get hit and get hit hard. Um, with that in mind, Tyson Pedro, I think, is the better offensive fighter. So I think he's able to land first. And I think he's able to land more often. And I think he wins by knockout in the first round. And I will also add, I do not hate this move down from heavyweight to light heavyweight for Harry Hunsucker. Looked relatively small at heavyweight. Um, looked fairly quick at heavyweight too. So I think light heavyweight may... Be his better destination but I just do not feel like this um, is a great matchup for him um, if he's able to land first on Pedro he may be able to get him out of there early but I, I do lean Pedro now we have a ranked heavyweight bout between Marcin Tabora and Alexander Romanov this fight is another really interesting one because this is a decent it's an interesting stylistic clash where Tybura and Romanov are both really, really good grapplers. And if you're if you're looking at Romanov, he, he's grappled very well in the past. Um, and I think he can go out there and grapple a lot of fighters in this division. Tybura um, is going to be one of the tougher guys for him to grapple, in my opinion, just because he is a good grappler. And Tybura also is a very underrated striker. However, in this fight, I do think that Romanov will be able to pretty much eliminate that. You know, Tybura usually has a strength on the ground against his opponent. He's usually the better grappler. I think in this fight with Tybura being the lesser grappler, at least that's what it looks like as of right now. We haven't seen them fight yet, obviously. But right now, it looks like Romanov is the better grappler. So I think taking that strength out of Marcin Tabora's game really hurts him. So I will take Alexander Romanov in this fight. Now, though that that's the main card and the biggest fight on the prelim. So we are going to start going a little bit more surface level. Might not be the right word, but less in-depth. Um, next fight, though, Jared Gordon versus Leonardo Santos. Santos, very good fighter, great BJJ, lots of power. Bad cardio. Bad, 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 bad cardio. Um, Jared Gordon, pretty well-rounded, I feel like. Um, but ultimately, I'm going to pick Jared Gordon just because I think he's able to get through that first round. And I think Santos tired tires, and I think Gordon pulls ahead um, later. 
Sean Woodson versus Luis Saldana. Um, I really like Sean Woodson in this fight. I'll take him by decision. Um, Sean Woodson, his biggest weakness is his grappling, right? Um, but I do not expect Luis Saldana to come in here and look to grapple him. If he does, I think he has a better shot. But on the feet, I think is where this fight will play out. And on the feet, Sean Woodson is so long, so unorthodox, and so different for that division. And he, he attacks all levels very well. He's a very good body puncher, good head 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 puncher sounds terrible um but he is a great overall striker on the feet um so i will take him to win this fight i'll go by knockout in round three miranda maverick versus shannon young this fight probably should have been the one to get moved to a main card if we're trying to move a female fight to the main card um miranda maverick i think has a lot more potential and is a lot better fighter than both of the fighters in the main event fight of Pulovich and Wu. Um, and in this fight, I think this boils down to one fighter's strength is another fighter's weakness. Um, Miranda Maverick is a great wrestler. Shannon Young is not as great of a wrestler, and that can be one of her bigger weaknesses. She can get taken down. So I will take Miranda Maverick, and I will take her by decision. Um, but I would not be surprised if she is able to land a finish, whether that come from ground and pound on the ground. Obviously, it's on the ground, it's ground and pound. Um, or through um, a, a submission, some sort of rear naked choke, if Young starts scrambling and Miranda Maverick can hop on that. Or maybe an arm triangle from top position. Um, next fight on the card. Where did, where did my tab go? Here it is. Sorry. Um, three, four fights left. AJ Fletcher versus Ange Lusa. Um, AJ Fletcher's a very good wrestler. Um, doesn't really set his takedowns up the best from what I've seen. Lusa, in all honesty, I haven't really seen much of him in the UFC. Or maybe my memory is just gone at this point but um i think this fight is fairly 50 50 from what i've seen um i don't really have a lot to go in depth here um this was one of the fights that i, I watched the least amount of tape for um in all transparency but i will take fletcher by decision just because he is a good grappler and i and i always like that out of fighters now um amir albazi versus francisco figueredo um Figueredo has not looked good. This is the younger brother of Divison. So I will lean Amir Abdazi. I think he's a little bit more well-rounded. Well, Figueredo is a tremendous grappler. So maybe Figueredo can land a submission. But ultimately, I think he guesses. And I think Albazi pulls ahead in the later rounds to find himself a decision victory. Ari Lang versus Jay Perrin. This is a... Not a bad prelim fight. Um, Jay Perrin, if I'm remembering correctly, is a very good grappler. But Ari Lang, I think, is going to be able to do more damage on the feet. He's a little bit longer, so I think he maintains distance, does damage on the feet, gets a decision win. Victor Altar Miriano versus Daniel De Silva. Um, really interesting fight here because I, I would really lean Daniel De Silva, but I don't trust his cardio as much as I do. Um, 
well, actually, I don't trust his cardio at all. So I probably lean Victor Altar Amariano. And another thing to keep in mind is this is in Salt Lake City. So we are slightly elevated. So that may take a bigger chip out of fighters cardio. Um, so I will lean Victor Altar Amariano. Um, I don't necessarily love this pick. I think this fight could really go either way. If Daniel De Silva gets it done, it's going to have to be by first round finish or, you know, early second round finish. But I ultimately, I, I think that rounds two and three, Altair Mariano will win because he is, you know, and in much better shape. So those are my thoughts. Those are my predictions. Um, I don't really have much else for this. Like I said, that was all we were going to cover. Um, I will be back to recap this card when it is done on Sunday. Um, that will include breakdowns of each fight, not each fight, um, each interesting important noteworthy fight um and i will also kind of give you my thoughts on who each fighter will fight next so that's kind of what you can expect in the future but most importantly thank you so much for watching this episode of the head kick ko podcast goodbye oh! in front, take him in the face kevin lee with the ultimate oh.